Hello and welcome to another episode of the League One Lowdown. As ever, I am your host, Matt Alden. Joining me, as always, we have Alex and Joe. Lads, how are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Alex, how are you? Um, yeah, good. Thank you, Alex. Well, the opening day didn't disappoint, did it? 11 games played, 25 goals were scored. There were nine wins, two draws and no goalless draws. So that tells you all you need to know. Let's uh, begin the podcast by talking about the games we attended relating to our three sides. And given that Wickham were the only side to win out of the three mm-hmm. teams, I think it's only right and fair that we talk about them first. Uh, they beat a beleaguered Bolton 2-0 at Adams Park. Uh, on the opening day, thanks to goals from new signings, Paul Smith and Fred Onyedinma. Alex, obviously everybody knows that fresh and much-needed investment has gone into the club from uh, Rob Kuig over the summer. Uh, and to say Wickham fans are excited would be a bit of an understatement. Given the good summer that the club um, has obviously had, that's obviously generated positivity uh, and, and optimism. Do you think that that sort of... Um, resonated on the pitch against Bolton, that feel-good atmosphere that was amongst the fan base into the yeah, players. It, it's it's hard to tell, like just how um how impressive the performance was. Obviously, it was only Bolton, and like everyone knows their situation. They fielded quite a few kids, but Gaffer has made a good point in his interview after the game, saying if you're one of those kids, you're gonna play your heart out. You're gonna really give it everything you've got. So like we we had to be on it, and we were on it, and. It was um it was, it was a good professional performance from us. We I think we had twenty five shots to Bolton's three or something. So that shows all you need to know there. I, I was working, so I didn't really get to see much of the game. But um I was I've skimmed, skimmed through the highlights and um followed it on Twitter and it just looked a complete it just looked dominated um Wickham absolutely dominated um the game. Alex Patterson in particular um people are saying had an impressive debut and he was um actually funded by um the five hundred club. Our fans coming together and um putting their own money out of their own pockets to invest and help pay the wages for a player. So it's quite nice to see like him get off to a good start in particular, seeing as the fans themselves are paying for his money, paying for his wages. And two other new signings scoring, um, as you said, Smith and Onyedimba, everyone was excited about them coming in anyway. So both of them to score is absolutely brilliant. And I just can't wait for the Fred Onyedimba show in Bristol um, on Saturday now. Well, we'll have to wait and see about that, but more on that later on. Uh, must mention the tremendous support from Bolton. Around just under 2,000 fans attended the match at Adams Park and given, obviously, their uh, dire situation, it's such a good thing to see that their fans are still um, in great voice uh, despite the defeat and, obviously, still back in the team. I mean, Joe, when, when all the problems off the pitch, you know, with the owner and no sort of um, ending in this saga... I guess for the players to have the fans still on your side, it must be such a great um, thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's crucial. Like you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, players, managers, owners come and go, but the fans will always sort of remain a constant with the club. And you know, it's it's, it's nice to see. Uh, you know, you would like to think that if it happened to any of our clubs, you know, that the fans would stick together in the same manner. Um, you know, but two thousand packing out that way, that way, and knowing full well they're probably going to be in for a in for a defeat, you know, obviously with the young kids uh, having to play and, you know, senior players refusing to, well, I think one senior player refused yeah, to play. Just and, Guinness, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, you, sort of, you can't really blame them really with the, with the financial situation of the club. You know, you've got to give credit also to um, the, the players that did play. I think it's Remy Matthews, Jason Lowe, Luke Murphy, I think Anik as well, the, the goalkeeper, um, did play. Um, I'm not sure whether they're being paid or not. I'm presuming not. So to, to go out of their way to... To, to get to that game and play um, for Bob Wanderers is a you know testament to them. But yeah, the fans, 
you've got to give them massive credit. Um, and yeah, I mean, that is going to be what's going to get them through this situation. The the fans um, support, um, I think, you know, through these early stages, hope, you'd hope they'll be able to get a few players in and be somewhat competitive and for this um, ownership situation to be sort of resolved before the end of the window. But you just never know. And, um, you know, hopefully they can pull through. But you've got to give, yeah, got to give massive credit to the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's stay with you, Joe. Um, obviously, you made the long journey to the stadium, right, as well as many Oxford supporters and witnessed a 1-1 draw against Jack Ross's Sunderland in a game where a contentious-looking penalty for the hosts uh, wow. saw Sunderland draw. Um, given that the summer has been contrasting to what Wickham has been, a lot of positivity and optimism, it's been a lot of groans and a few bits of pessimism here and there. Um, but after the game, Besides a lot of the, the tweets against the referee saying about it was a poor performance from him and, and, uh, and, and all that, um, some were suggesting that there's a sense of quiet optimism after the draw against Sunderland and obviously against one of the promotion favourites. Is that a fair assumption to make, Joe, given a good performance against uh, a good side like Sunderland? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, last time we spoke, there was a little bit of pessimism around um, the, around the club um, due to lack of signings. But so since then, there have been a few additions, uh, a few good additions in Anthony Ford from Rotherham and Elliot Moore from Leicester. Uh, obviously, Ben Woodburn was officially announced after we did the last podcast as well, I believe. So, <clears throat> you know, if yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're sort of looking like an OK side now. And actually, you look at the signings we've made we've sort of quietly done some decent business. And on Saturday, you know, the new signings fitted in quite well. There were certainly um, glimpses of what Woodburn and Fosu can do. The movement up front, Gorin looked like a, a classy player, you know, somebody who's uh, big physical, but also can spray a pass about. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we it was a good performance on Saturday, a really good performance. And, you know, it's, it's I suppose, a come, couple of the sense of frustration that we couldn't get all three points because the penalty looked a bit dodgy. We had a perfectly good goal ruled out in the first half. I mean, it was a shambolic display from the referee, to be perfectly honest. You know, uh, one of the worst refereeing performances I think I've ever seen, to be honest. It was just absolutely woeful from the referee. And, um, but, you know, I think to get off to a good start, you know, get off, you know, I was, I was just coming into this game just wanting us to get up and running straight away. You know, last season we had a, such a bad start. I think we lost the first four or five games, got absolutely battered on the first day against Barnsley. You're sort of looking at the way the fixtures lined up this season and, it's a tough start. Uh, Sunderland away, then Peterborough at home. You're thinking, well, could be in, could we be in for another tough start? But just to get that point and get up and running straight away is a is a massive boost. And to be fair, we really should have won the game. Yeah, the, so that's the thoughts of what Joe said after he attended uh, Oxford's game away at Sunderland. I was in attendance for Bristol Rovers' uh, two 0 defeat to Blackpool. Um, getting a, off to a good start on the opening day is something that Rovers do not do very very well. We have not won on the opening day in eight years. Um, the defeat to Blackpool, you know, let's not make any bones about it. Blackpool were very, very good on the day. I think they're going to be up there under Simon Grayson. If um, you thought they were dark, if I thought they were dark horses after this game, I think they're really good. Uh, they're very, they, they could be a side who could really chase the, the playoff positions, even maybe more given the manager. Feel good atmosphere, um, 12,000 packed out, good away support. Um, we started the game very, very well. Um, it was very, very tight. It was very even. Silly error from the new goalkeeper where he's come out and completely clattered the defender. Led to a penalty. And I think since then, Blackpool just had great control of it. They they just wanted it a bit more. There was more hunger, more desire, more commitment. And I think um, it, that was that was really the set in stone for it. And I think what epitomised everything was that there was a banner right in front of me at Blackpool. And it said that Blackpool 
are back and you could just feel it around the place, the players, the fans. Um, and, and I'm not one who praises the, away, the home support very often as an away fan, but Blackpool's fans were, were exemplary. On the Rovers' performance side of things, I think it was very similar to last year. The manager, as I said over the summer, wants to play an expansive uh, game. Wasn't really there. Still need a lot of work on the philosophy. Um, I think we, 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 we're missing a real creative spark still in the team. And I've said that since the end of last season. Hopefully we can get one in. Um, but if we don't seem to find one in, I think we could be in for a bit of a, a rough ride again this season. But I don't want to sound too defeatist and too pessimistic, given that it's one game. But if we can get things right, then certainly we could be on for a good season. But moving away from that, uh, after the first round of matches, it's the Cod Army who are top of the table. Uh, Fleetwood, of course, uh, beat P uh, Peterborough 3-1 uh, at London Road. Joe, is that defeat for Peterborough one... Uh, sorry, let's go to Alex first. Alex, is that defeat for Peterborough one where they need a massive reality check in all departments? And is it one that's going to bring them right back down to work? Um, I don't think they can press the panic button after one game as such because... In the grand scheme of things, it is only one game out of 46. And I think Fleetwood are going to be, well, we said it quite a few times on the podcast, they're going to be a team that's going to upset quite a few of the um, big boys this season and possibly even push for um, a promotion themselves. So it's not the end of the world they've lost to them. However, it does um, perhaps bring the fans down to earth, back, back down to earth a little bit because of it. I know a lot of the fans, as they do pretty much every summer, really, when... They spend a lot of money in the transfer window. They get a bit excited. They bring in a few big names. And you always you always think, well, surely this year is the year Peterborough are going to get promoted. And every year they just seem to fall short of even reaching the playoffs, let alone um, getting into the automatic spot. So it's going to be um, something which um, I think Darren Ferguson, it might not even be the worst thing in the world. But it'll allow him to um, address where they went wrong, see um, the mistakes they made and... Um, how poor they were defensively. I think um, I think a goal or two might have come from set pieces in that game. So that gives them a chance to really like work on the um, weaknesses before um, they travel to Oxford on Saturday. And that's not going to be an easy game at all. Was Oxford um, unlucky not to beat Sunderland at the weekend? So, so it's quite a, it's quite a tough start for um, Peterborough really. But it's um, one that well you're gonna have to play every get every team twice over the season anyway. So it is just as I said, just two games out of 46. These first two couple of games of them, but it does just bring their fans back down a bit when they're expecting to be able to sort of like run away and fight for the top two like very easily. I mean, you know, looking at, looking at this from Fleetwood's perspective, this is a massive result. And obviously these type of results against these type of teams are going to what really shape their challenge um, to, to, to chase the playoffs or even a bit more. Obviously, yesterday they announced the signing of Chet Evans, not just on loan, but on a, on a, on a longer deal. Um, do you think, Joe, that, that just strengthens their position to be in the top six even more? Because um, we've waxed lyrically about them, haven't we? We've said that they're going to be the dark horses, very dangerous team. Their recruitment has been spot on. We've always said, does this just take them up another level with, with Chad Evans re-signing? Mm, yeah, I 100% um, think so. I mean, we uh, we put a tweet out on our account yesterday asking for the opinion of Fleetwood fans. And one came back saying, you know, Madden and Evans scored 35 goals last season and that was with a poor midfield and they've strengthened that now with Coots and Rosser coming in. So you would imagine they'll just create more chances and score even more goals, which, you know, you would imagine um, would push them into playoff contention, obviously coupled with, you know, the other signings they've made as well. So I think Fleetwood are going to be a real force and Chet Evans, you know, uh, you know, you can say what you like about him, won't go into the sort of 
political side of this transfer. But what you can say about Evans is he 100% is a goal scorer uh, at this level. You know, 17 goals last season, I believe he scored. Um, and there's no reason why he can't go and do it again. Um, and I think we've all, we've said before in the podcast, one of the most important uh, players you can have in a team when you're pushing for promotion is a goal scorer. You know, you look at last season, Doncaster basically only got into the top six really because they had Marquis and Wilkes who were able to score goals up front. Um, and, you know, you, you, you always seem to see um, in those sort of top six positions, every team seems to have a talisman, seems to have a goal scorer. And now Fleetwood have got that themselves um, on a permanent deal, which is a bit of a coup for the club. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I believe that's going to be a huge boost. Um, as for Peterborough, I, I agree with Brum. You know, it's one game. Um, I think it's, you know, they'll learn a few things and, you know, but you know, they've, they've just got to make, make sure it doesn't turn into three, four, five, six games because um, as an Oxford fan last season, you know, I found out how far a, a really poor start can set you back. But I imagine they'll, you know, accumulate a few points in the next few weeks and push on. But Fleetwood, perfect start for them. Yeah, let's move on to Ipswich. Of course, they got a 1-0 win uh, away at Burton Albion. Uh, their first game, obviously, in League One for a very, very long time. It was a packed out away end at the Pirelli Stadium and a big win given Burton's uh, tremendous home record last year, uh, in which they obviously did beat Barnsley and Sunderland, just to name a few sides they did beat. Obviously, Paul Lambert has, has made a lot of um, quotes during the summer and said that there's no money. Uh, he doesn't expect them to, to, to get promoted as such, I think is sort of what he said. Um, with obviously finances being tight, he doesn't have a lot of money available to what he would, you know, the Portsmouths or the... Um, other sides, you know, the, the, the Rotherhams as such. Um, I guess a result like this, Alex, will, will really push Ipswich um, players' confidence up when it will give the fans a lot more um, belief um, that they can they can do really well beating a side like Burton at the Pirelli, wouldn't it? Sure. Yeah, Bert, Burton's um, it's not it's not an easy game, Burton. There's no side which you you would expect to be probably in the top half. Maybe if they hit form at the right time, could even um do go further than that. So being able to go away on the opening day and um pick up a win is um it's absolutely massive, really. And I think um a couple of I think James Norwood impressed in his debut as well. So it's going to be that's a great sign for um Ipswich um supporters because it was um it's always you're a bit um you're excited when you get a new when you get a new striker, but you really want him to get um get fired straight away. Okay, he didn't score, but he apparently had a really good game. He your typical sort of Nord performance, rattling the home fans while um, while running his heart out for um for the team he's playing for, and it's it's good to see um him get off to a good start. And I, I don't really believe anything of that. What Paul Lambert was saying is that no one should expect it to get promoted. I mean, if he's telling his players that, then he should really shouldn't really be in for the manager. He's just it's, it's his job to motivate them and get them fighting for the badge and believe that they are good enough to um play for the club and get out of this league. So if he, if he's saying he may be saying that to the media to try and um, keep expectation lower, but if you're saying that to his players, I'd be very, very surprised indeed. So it's just a good start all round, really, for the switch. It is interesting that you make that point, Alex, because we've obviously seen it before where managers have said that, and it's worked to a tin, and sometimes it's gone disastrously wrong. I do kind of think that he's playing down Ipswich's expectations deliberately. I think, you know, you look at their team, it's a League One team, isn't it? I think Joe pointed it out, uh, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. On, on a podcast that their team is, is is League One. It was League One in the Championship, and it's a very good one in in the third tier, isn't it? Um, I think it's what what Lambert's doing um, is obviously he is playing down expectations. I think that he knows he's got a good squad for this level. He knows that finances aren't there, 
But I don't think he's going to complain as much because he has got a talented team. You look at Norwood, you look at Jackson, they're two good strikers for this level. Um, their midfield strong. You know, Edwards was, was a few years ago one of Peterborough's stronger players. Nolan, of course, was a, a player at Shrewsbury who did very, very well. So um, they've got a good, talented team there. There's no doubt about it. So I think Lambert maybe might just be um, playing a few mind games with the media and if they can um, they can read what they want into it, it's, you know, that they're in touch and opinion. But I think he's he's being very, very clever there. Do you agree with what I'm saying, Joe? Or do you think that maybe he's actually been very, very <clears throat> honest in what he says? Um, I'm not sure I do agree with you on this. I just think he's so frustrated, really, with the with the summer. You know, I think Ipswich, coming down from the Championship into League One, they wanted to make a bit of a statement with a few of the signings. And I think, barring Norwood, I'm, I'm not looking at their signings thinking, really, there's there's sort of too many impressive deals in there. You know, they've got Wilson um, from Lincoln. He was, he was let go by Lincoln. He barely even played last season for them in League Two. Um, Garber, I mean, again, it depends where you play him. If you play him at left-back... No, thank you. If you're playing a bit further up the pitch, he's got a decent cross on him, but nothing too special. And I just think he wanted more players in. That's what I, th- I think. You know, they've got they've inherited a, a decent League One side from last season, as I, as I mentioned. But you always want to freshen things up a little bit, especially after relegation, to sort of rid the hangover of the disappointment from last season. And they've not really done that. Um, and to be honest, I was expecting them to get beat on the first day of the season, judging by the comments that I saw from Paul Lambert. It was just so negative and so... It just he just seems so frustrated with the situation that I just thought they'd come in and probably get beat against you know a, a decent looking Burton side. They've not bl- pulled up any trees in the transfer market, but they're a decent side. But no, they've got a good uh, good result, and and that'd be a massive relief. They've just got to hope that they can get one or two bodies in before the next game because, as I say, you know they've got some decent players in there, but they're still thin on the ground, and um, you know they'll want to cheer up the manager a little bit more because that honestly that pre match press conference I've never known um, such a tense, frustrated pre-match press conference before the first game of the season it was it was mad but you know it, it seems despite that despite all that stuff going on behind the scenes they managed to get a good result so um that's the perfect start really for for, for switch yeah one of the surprising results over the weekend was that shrewsbury um beat portsmouth one there a goal from Loney ryan giles sealed the win for shrewsbury in a game by the sands that pompey did dominate and on another day would have won by a bigger margin. Uh, I've briefly spoken about Shrewsbury, how they could be a, a team that maybe a lot of people don't pick out. I had them to finish quite high in my predictions. I think they're a tough team to beat. If they can score a lot more goals than what they did last year, I think they could have a real good fist of the division this year. Certainly a good challenge for the playoffs. Um, good young manager in Sam Ricketts. He's got a very good record in what just over a year as a manager at Wrexham and now Shrewsbury. Good signings in the market, young and old. Um, do you think that Alex, that this further cements their challenge to potentially be one of the perennial uh, dark horses? To be honest, um, I might have said a few, but I'm not really convinced on Shrewsbury. To be fair, and Sam Ricketts, um, I, I think that, that to be fair, that their business has um, been quite good this summer. I think Morrison's, um, Steve Morrison's, like a good, experienced head to the level. Pierre's a solid defender. Ethan Ebanks, Lambell on a permanent deal. That's um, quite good as well, but. I, don't, I just for some reason I'm just not really sure. Um, I, I didn't really like them last season when I watched them. I, I saw um the game when Gaines Wickham played against them, and despite Shrewsbury winning that, they were absolutely dog awful pretty much for the whole game. They just sort of like fluked two lucky late goals, and I sort of um it just looked to me like just from sort of like Sam Ricketts' um body language before that, that like he was like really frustrated. It, it like it just sort of looked as if he was a man who sort of like didn't really um have much clue what he was doing and how to um. 
motivate his team. But he, he, I suppose he has made some good signings. So perhaps now he's got a few like sort of his own players in there going to have a chance to um, probably maybe stay clear of the relegation fight. But I'm not really too sure they'll be looking much further up the table than just trying to get away from the bottom four. To be honest, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I don't think they'll be um, really pushing for top half or playoffs or anything um, too out of the ordinary. I mean, obviously, you know, you talk about it there last season. They weren't particularly impressive. I think that was like a lot of teams. That was the secret of staying up. You know, you look at Rochdale, particularly Bristol Rovers and and Shrewsbury. They didn't play particularly well. But in the end, they had a tight defence and they were very much solid to to keep them up. Do you think that, Joe, if they can get away from that and maybe change their style a little bit, they could perhaps get, get into that, you know, positions where they... Might where where a few people feel they 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 could be get into that top half if they can change things slightly. Yeah, I mean, it, again, you, you can't really. Re- I don't think you can read too much into last season. You know, the Ricketts, he, he came in. <clears throat> you know, obviously, to just to, it was the the task was simple, just to keep them up, really. Um, and he, he achieved that. Again, I think he tinkered with a few things, experimented with a few things, and you know, I think coming into this summer. I mean, their business has been decent. I mean, I think I put them sort of mid-table in my predictions. I was quite surprised when I saw you, uh, Matt, put them up at, you know, quite high. I think it was 7th or 8th or something like that. So I was quite surprised. But, you know, to be fair, it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. And, like, that is a good result um, on the first day of the season. Portsmouth, I mean, I put Portsmouth as um, champions in my predictions. And they've got a 1-0 win. Again, it may they may have a slice of luck. I mean, it was a, it was a, a cracking goal that won them the game. Um, and, you know, I think I'm just looking at the stats now. Portsmouth, 60% possession, 15 shots. Um, they, you know, I think Shrewsbury score with their only shot on target. So maybe a slice of luck, but, you know, it's a good start and we'll see how they go. I mean, it's it's one of those teams where it might really depend on, on the start they make to the season. Um, and, you know, after one game, that's not a bad start at all to beat Portsmouth. But we'll see where they are. I mean, just see where they are after sort of nine, ten games that they'll be able to make more of a clearer judgment. They made some decent smart signings, um, but we'll see. You know, Sam Ricketts still a bit of an unknown entity at this level. Um, obviously, he did a fairly decent job um, in the short term with Wrexham, and now he's just trying to prove himself at a higher level. We'll, we'll see how they go. You know, nine, ten games in, I think we'll have a, a better picture of maybe where you know what we can expect from Shrewsbury this season. I mean, this is for you too, Sean. I mean, is there anything to read into panic, Portsmouth? I mean, they did win the game. Maybe a bit worrying that it could be perhaps a sign that they have all these opportunities and this possession and don't make it count, or is it something you don't really read into at this stage? No, I don't. I don't think at all they can panic after that. On, on another day, they probably win that game quite comfortably. It's just, it's just a probably a mixture of bad luck and not taking their chances. I still think they're going to be one of the strongest sides in the league this year. I mean, the signing of John Marcus absolutely highlights that. I think perhaps he was sort of the missing ingredient, if you like, of what they didn't have last year. And I, I think they're definitely, perhaps um. Maybe they're not in a stronger position than they were last year, but I think they're more prepared, if that makes sense, than they were last year. I think yeah. they really... Um, losing Jamal Lowe was big, but um, they've still got um, Marcus Harness and Roland Curtis in the wings, two um, very, very adequate players for the for the level. And I, th- I do think that Portsmouth will be um, finishing in the top two this year. I think Jacket's a great manager for the level. He's won promotion, was it three or four times before? He really knows how to get his team out of it. He's the sort of manager... Who just says how it is as well. He doesn't really. It's not sort of like Lambert, like the way Lambert sort of like tried to play it down to the media. I think Jacket is not is is a bit different. I think he'll just if he fancies chances, he'll say it. He'll he'll keep um he'll, he'll protect his players. He'll really um just um be quite honest and I, and I and I like him. I think he's um a good man to be able to try and get Portsmouth um back back into the championship. 
to me, he just almost seems like an air of calmness, doesn't he? You know, whatever the situation. I mean, when they had that, you know, I don't want to keep talking about last season, but when they had that really awful run at the start of, of 2019, he just kept things calm and then they slowly got things back to the way that they were successful. And I think he's, he just brings that with him, doesn't he? You know, whatever the situation, he just manages to keep the players' feet firm <clears> on the ground. I think when, when you have a manager like that, it's good for any situation, isn't it, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I've spoken many times about Jacket on the podcast before. I mean, he's experienced. He knows how to get a team out this level. Portsmouth have got a stronger squad. Again, there's no reason to panic after one game. You know, it is only one game, 45 to go. I expect to be Portsmouth, Portsmouth to be up there in, in around the top two come the end of the season. And a big part of that is down to Kenny Jacket and also the recruitment they've made. I think, I think they've been smart on the transfer market. They've lost, you know, a big, a big player in Jamal Lowe, but, you know, Marcus Harness, John Marquis. That's, that's also building on... Well, they've got they lost Matt Clark at the back as well. They've, they've signed Paul Downing, I think it's a good signing. Um, Sean Raggett as well. I mean, I think I expect to be Portsmouth to be up there and um, I don't think there's any reason to panic at all after one game. Well, it brings us on now to the uh, fixtures for Saturday. And one of them in particular has got our pulses raising for two people in particular on the League One lowdown, myself and Alex Broom. I do understand, actually, that... Uh, Wickham have, have, have bought the trophy, the We Beat Bristol Rovers trophy, if it does happen. Uh, I think they're bringing it down to the ground with them, I understand. Uh, um, Alex, let's let's go to you first. Um, it's never an easy game to play Wickham, from my opinion. I think they're all, you're always going to get a very tough game out of them, whether you're a, a top-level team or a bottom-level team. Wickham are always going to be a side that are going to cause you problems and going to make it very, very difficult for you. Given you come off the back of a win against Bolton and that Rovers got beat, um, how do you see the game going? Um, I don't really want to say anything like too like over-optimistic. This is all on record, but I'm feeling pretty confident here. I do think we're going to... I don't think we're going to lose. I do think we actually are going to win. I think we um, played some... Well, I think the players which we've got, I think are just not going to be able to really hurt... Um, your defence, I think Fred on your dimmer and Paul Smith in particular. I think I think Fred's probably going to get his first start, and I, I I think his confidence will be sky high after um just seeing all the reaction from the fans when he signed and then getting a goal in his debut. I think he's going to be a man to absolutely terrorise you on Saturday. Well, I hope I don't look like an idiot now and he actually does play and ends up decides not does decide to start him. But I'm feeling really really optimistic about um our chance there, and I think I think we're going to win. Yeah. Well, I, I think I've obviously got about Rovers. I think um, look, the formation that he played against Blackpool didn't it wasn't it wasn't the right thing to do. He has to start with two up front. Um, Clark Harris, I don't believe is going to play. Um, he's been injured since the very start of pre-season, so it's going to take a long time for him to come. So I think that's already a bit an advantage in Wickham's favour. But you know, I think we need to really go for it. I think first home game of the season. Um, we always seem to, to, to generate a good atmosphere. Um, it's always a feel-good atmosphere, you know, a feel-good positivity. You, you, you're starting at home. You want to get the home season off to a good start. Um, Wickham's in town, you know, a bit of bad blood in the past and stuff. It might have died down the rivalry in the last few years, but I think we'll, we'll be wanting to get off to a good start. I, I feel we've got enough in us. I'll be amazed if Wickham didn't score. I do believe they will, um, given that they are a very positive team to watch. Um, at cool. times under Ainsworth um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win <clears throat> I think if we can pick the right team go for it from the start I think that um, we, we will um, come out victorious 
um, and that you won't be able to lift the trophy, the We Beat Bristol Rovers trophy on the men pitch. Well, um, you, you say um, you're going to go for it from the front foot, on the front foot from the start. I think our yeah. pace on the counter-attack of Onya Dimmer Smith would be absolutely suited down to the yeah. ground for that. That does happen. I think that could just benefit us. So, because yeah. I think our first, our first goal on Saturday, it's um, Smith running in behind to... Um, uh, a lofted ball from Anthony Stewart and just start uh, nipping in the head of the fullback to just take it around the keeper and slot into the empty net. I think it's gonna. I think that would suit us quite well. I'm um, playing on the counter attack. I'm not too sure we will. I think the three midfield, like I think Patter- Patterson and Gates, sort of two like more sort of like ball playing midfielders. Yeah. They can um, pass the ball quite well, spread it out to the flanks. I think we're going to see a lot of that in the game. I think it's to be really key to get um, the two wide men involved and then. You've obviously got the option of Rackham Fenworth if he plays. Well, I assume he will play. I, I, I don't see why I wouldn't change the team from Saturday too much. To um, play it long up to use him as the outlet, get it, get it down to the midfield and out wide. And I, I think I, I just think we're going to be um, we're going to be on it on Saturday. And I and I'm really really feeling really confident. I think you're spot on in what you say about Smith and Onya Dinma. I think against Blackpool there were a lot of times in the game, especially second half, where we we tried to take a few more risks where. The full-backs, especially down the right-hand side, but there was a big gaping gap and it meant that Davis had to come across um, and, and fill the hole left by Little because obviously he couldn't get back in time. So that's a danger, but I do think we just need to go for it from the start. I think you make a very, very good point there. Um, so it, it'll be an interesting game. It'll be very, very tough. I don't think it's, it's going to be a very tight, not a very tight affair, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in there. Um, so I think we'll just leave it there. Um Let's go to Joe now. One of the big fixtures of the weekend is Ipswich versus Sunderland. Obviously, Sunderland perhaps maybe uh, lucky to get a draw against Oxford and laboured by the sounds of it. Um, Ipswich, of course, got off to a good start against Burton. Portman Road might be rocking, might not be, but given that they did beat Burton, um, there'll be a bit more um, happiness following the opening day win. How do you see the game going, Joe? It's a very interesting one to to have so early on in the campaign, isn't it? Because it could pay massive significance. It could do. Um, I'm not being funny, but I just think some of the rubbish. Like, I just, honestly, they're, <laughs> they're just so honest. Every time I've seen them since they've come down to League One, they've just been poor. And I don't know why they're persisting with Jack Ross, to be perfectly honest. I just I just think, you know, his tactics are just woeful. Um, honestly, you know, we've got one of the best strikers in the league in Will Grigg, and they're not playing to his strengths. I mean, he was anonymous against Oxford. I mean, Ipswich... I don't know. Like it's it, it's difficult to say. They've got to win on the first day. They're still lacking bodies, but they've got some quality players. I mean, I don't know who's going to be fit. They've got a lot of injuries. I think um, I'm not sure if Judge is going to be in there. Um, uh, you know, I think they've Norwood. Um, I think is going to be fit to play and everything. So I imagine uh, you know Sunderland love a draw, don't they? So I'm going to. I just think probably another draw for them. You know, Ipswich away is going to be a tough fixture for most teams this season. Um, yeah, and I, I just don't rate Sunderland at all. Like, I'm sorry, like I just, I just do not rate them. Like every time I've seen them play, that's <laughs> League One. They've just been, they've just been poor. Like, I've not even seen them play well once. Like when was the last time they actually put in a, uh, a really top draw performance, Sunderland? Like I just, it's just, you know, they're so, they, they get lucky. They've been so lucky. I think, you know, I don't want to use that word too much, but again, on Saturday, the referee basically got them a point on Saturday, and again. Ipswich away. I'm, I'm thinking either an Ipswich win or a, or a draw. Like I can't see Sunderland winning. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably have to go over you and say uh, a draw on, on that one. Um, let's look at the final game. Rotherham versus Lincoln. Now, Rotherham, of course, is going to be a team 
who are going to be very tough to beat at home. If, if a team can come away from um, the New York Stadium with a win as a visiting team, I think that that is probably one of the best results you can have. I think that their home form is going to be key to where they're going to finish. They're going to always be tough to beat. Um, got a good, both sides won on the opening day, remember. Uh, uh, Rotherham beat Wimbledon um, at Kings Meadow and then Lincoln obviously got off to a great start back in this division beating Rotherham. I'm going to go to you. Uh, not beating Rotherham, beating Accrington, sorry. Alex, I'm going to go to you first. How do you see this game going? Because we know with Lincoln, um, they're going to be a very tough side to play for Rotherham. They're going to make it difficult for them. But Rotherham's home form uh, in League One is, 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 is very, very good when they were down there last year. Do you see a surprise win? for? Would you be surprised if Lincoln won? Or do you think um, that maybe Rotherham will, will, will get the, the result? I think these two teams are probably quite fairly evenly matched, to be honest. So I, th- I think it's going to be um, the, the it's going to I think it's going to be um the sort of game where um maybe maybe not necessarily like too open, but the both both um, sides will be giving it all. But both managers Warren and Cowley, they get they do get the best out of their teams. They get them playing for the badge and playing playing for the, for themselves. So it's I think they I think these two clubs are quite similar, really, in um many senses, both on the pitch and how good they are. So I'm. Um, I'm leaning to. I'm going to have to go with the draw. I think on this one, it's going to be. Uh, it's going. To, I wouldn't be too surprised if either side won it. But I just think, as I said, I think they're just so similar. Like, um, especially with um, Lincoln um, moulding their sort of style of play into being more um, possession based and playing it on the floor, which um, worked for them quite well against um, Accrington in the opening weekend. They got um, both both Grant and Payne started, which we were unsure if they would, but that um, they both played and they both. Um, Put in um solid shifts, so um the Lincoln had um more possession than perhaps they usually would, and I sort of um I, I sort of fancy um this game to be be a draw. I'm going to go with a one or draw. I think. I think I'm going to have to go with the same scoreline. So what's interesting to me is if someone wins this game, it almost feels like to me, um as they say, it's going to be that one bit of quality, that unbelievable, spectacular goal that's going to win it. That's the feeling I get. If someone's going to win the game, do you, do you have the same opinion, or do you think the race is going to be an outright winner, regardless of um, the spectacular goal with the quality? Let's say. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose so. I think it is. I think yeah, it is quite evenly matched. Actually, looking at it, um, it's it's quite difficult to call. I'd say. I mean, it's it's quite an interesting game looking at you know a relegated side against a promoted side. Um, it's always quite interesting to see how you know a club coming in after a bad season against a club coming in with a you know unbelievable season. But um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Lincoln have got that sort of quality, I suppose, to to um, you know that little bit of creativity in behind, haven't they? I mean, they have signed um, a lot of players in that sort of category. Um, you know, I, I've got a few um, people on Twitter saying, you know, they definitely looked like they were maybe adjusting their style of play a little bit to get the best out of players like Payne, Graham, uh, Morel. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, it's difficult to call. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll probably, I'll probably. I don't want to say a draw because both you have, but um, I'll go for a Lincoln win for that reason. Just a narrow Lincoln win for this one. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting game. This is one. This is one that I sort of stood out to me when I was looking through the fixtures. You know, um, this early on, it was it looked like a potentially a tasty fixture. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I can totally see why uh, you thought that that was a standout fixture. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's episode of the podcast. As ever, my thanks to uh, Joe and Alex for uh, their. Uh, analysis and opinion. Thank you very much for that, lads. Yeah, cheers, Elsie.
Yeah, no problem, mate. Um, I hope we don't see you fighting at the uh, at the Mem on Saturday. You know, <laughs> well, I could, could give him the classic broom right hook if he, he starts mouthing off. Well, we've we've already had one prediction from uh, our very own Mystic Meg over here in Broom saying that there's going to be a, a goal, certain type of goal that uh, gets scored at the Mem. Uh, as you can probably tell by the host voice next week, I would be happy or glum if uh, Rovers win or lose. So, um, wait, Joe, what's your score prediction for that game? I'm saying three-one Wickham. Um, to be uh, to be fair, I think I'm going to go for a Wickham win as well. I think yes. the, the pace that Wickham have got. I mean, I'm looking at Bristol Rovers' defence. I mean, Tony Craig at the back. I mean, I think he's going to be in for a torrid afternoon, to be honest. I mean, he's just no pace at all. He's got Akin Fenra and then Onya Dimmer and Smith running off Bay. It's just going yeah. to be absolutely brilliant. I can't wait. Yeah, I think I think it could be a tough afternoon. But you never know. You, know, you never know with these surprises. I think they've got a few good, decent players, Rovers. It might depend on whether Clark Harris is fit, to be fair. So we'll see. Uh, but I'm going to go right now with a... I'll go for a 2-1 Wickham win. Podcast will be out on uh, later today on the various platforms. Uh, follow the Twitter page at L1Lowdown uh, for the latest news. Um, and we'll see you around next week. Good luck to your teams on Saturday. Uh, we will uh, see you soon. Bye, friend.